I do have a prayer request, Bill, if I can. Andy, go ahead. Um, I do thank you all for praying for my brother um, that has pancreatic cancer and um, he did get a uh, biopsy scheduled for Monday. And I'm very thankful. I'm gonna thank God every step of this. I'm thankful that he's able to get the test moved quickly. He does have another test that he needs to have, um, a PET scan, and I'm praying that that gets done quicker too. Um, it's scheduled for the 15th, um, but we want everything to, to go quicker so treatment can begin, begin quicker. And um, uh, I am trusting God, but I'm, I'm heartbroken. I don't want to see my brother in pain, so I need prayer too. We'll be happy Thank to pray with you, Penny. Anyone else? I don't have a prayer request, Bill, but yesterday during my quiet time, I just um, got impressed on my heart, um, almost like a question to me, and it can be to, to all of his children. How many people do we know this year that will die without knowing Christ? Whether it's death on earth or where, whether Christ comes back this year without knowing him. And it was just something I can't shake, you know, and it just even more urgent to reach our loved ones and um, those that we have come in contact with. We are closer to his return than ever before. Mm -hmm. And certainly we know scores of people that need the Lord. Yeah. Anyone else have a prayer request to, to offer this morning? Joseph. Rebecca, why don't you give us an update on Jonathan? He, he seems to be having a wonderful time. He's, he's visiting family, aunts and uncles and cousins and traveling to different parts of Peru. Um, he, I guess some of y'all, but not many of you, but um, he has, he has um, an uncle in Antiquayo that came here a number of years ago, um, um, Guillermo, and he, He's, he's a white like us, but he speaks Spanish. But anyway, he went to visit him and he went to visit um, his other aunt. And so he's, I haven't heard anything negative. I mean, he's, <laughs> okay. he's doing really, really well. Um, Except the rock it, throwing. Huh? Except the rock throwing. Well, that was on the, that was on, on the way to yeah. Bio, but um, it is, it is different to be, and without your your spouse, I'm sure Mr. Mike and Miss Galena, it's as different when one of you has to travel to somewhere else and yeah. you're not with your loved one. I mean, it is different. But um, I'm I'm just glad that he has the, the the opportunity to go and have the the time the break in school to have this time to to visit his friends and family and so. I, d I didn't miss him and he misses me, but I I'm so glad that he has this this chance because once the, once our baby comes, 
it won't be so easy for him for him to to go whenever he wants. Okay. Thank you. Eva, are you in Florida or did you make it back to Texas? In Texas, we have a lot of sun today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's back in Texas. Well, it's good to make you, you know that it's good to know that you made the drive safely. Um, well, let's let's bow for another word of prayer, can we? Um, and 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 those of you that are near Penny, just reach out and touch her. <laughs> Grace, I guess that's going to be you for us. Yep, <laughs> right here. Lord, none of us knows what 2021 holds, but we know that you hold every you hold 2021 in your hands. And every event, every situation, every circumstance, we're, we're going to trust you. But Lord, we want our, our, our love for you to not waver. We want our trust to not fail. Lord, we want our obedience to, to be, and our walk to be pleasing to you. Right now, Lord, we ask you to, to comfort Penny with the comfort that you can provide. Mm -hmm. And to realize, Lord, that the, the words of that hymn we just, uh, we just read through, that, that this, this life really is a mist and a vapor compared to the reality of eternity with you. And Lord, it makes the gospel so urgent. We pray for Penny's brother. We pray, Lord, for his salvation. And every use of that word. And we, Lord, we pray for your mercy in his life. Lord, we, we look to you, the author, the perfecter, and the finisher of our faith to do a mighty work in Nick. And Lord, do that work in Penny. Lord, knit them together and help them to, to know and experience, Lord, your peace and your grace right now or the comfort of your Holy Spirit. Lord, you are, the, you are the Lord of heaven, and you hold all things together, Lord. And we are your servants, and we've come to worship you. Lord, we do recognize that the, the gospel, the speaking and the spreading of the gospel is urgent. More urgent today than perhaps ever before. And Lord, you've given us your word and you've given us your, your commission to go and to tell the world. And Lord, we've had, we've had a year to contemplate how to do that with this virus, this plague, this pandemic, Lord, and, and raging around the world. And right now, Lord, it's just the numbers are higher than they've ever been. Lord, 9,000 people in North Carolina reported in one day 
of having contracted the virus. Lord, we ask you to lift your hand and restore, Father, to redeem and to remove the virus from our land. That we might, Lord, share the gospel. And Lord, while we are in isolated and quarantined, we pray that the gospel might go forth somehow, some way, Lord, through texts or phone calls or emails or through Zoom calls or through letters or what, however, Lord, you might use it through our prayers, Lord God. Lord, if we think of the, the nations where Christianity is, is outlawed and it's underground and how does the gospel go forth in those lands? Lord, it's people caring about other people and somehow, some way touching them. So Lord, we ask that you, you would give us a direction and hope of how we might be your servants as aliens and strangers walking through a land headed towards our heavenly home. We pray for the Cecil family this morning, asking Lord that you remember them and the loss of their their husband and their father and their uncle. And we ask for your grace in that family. And we pray for Jonathan. Lord, he, he's he's on a, a family mission. Um, Lord, I pray that you solidify. Your call on his life there while he's visiting. And Lord, that you would protect him and, and Rebecca while they're away, while they're apart. Lord, there's another prayer about 2021 that we, we'd all like to participate in. Lord, I, I just pray, Lord, that you'd give us a moment after the message to do that. Father, we thank you for your presence here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, I, it, it's really remarkable to think, um, you know, this is like the 41st Sunday we've gathered on the computer to worship God. And um, you know, it, it just it's it's just the blessing of God that we can continue to meet and we can continue to fellowship. Um, give me a second here as I call up my message. Um, let's see. There we go. My wife just left me, and I'm going to attribute something to her here at the very beginning. Well, she just went upstairs. Let me say it, put it that way. Can everybody hear me okay? We're good? Yep. All right. Well, I wanted to thank Julie uh, for this reminder. Yesterday, um, we were going for a walk and she um, I was asking her about thoughts about 2021 and she says 
Well, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. She quoted to me the verse from Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Um, and so now she's coming back. She's hearing the end of this. But Julie, thank you for pointing that out to me. Um, so I'm not going to disparage 2020. Each day is from the Lord, and he calls us to rejoice in all of them. This, but this is his new year. And I want to ask you, how do you, Gateway, plan to press on in 2021? And just right out of the box, let me encourage you to make your plan this year to read the whole Bible. God's book reveals who he is so we can know him in three persons, Father and Son and Spirit. This book tells us of his acts to create and sustain and redeem the world and a people for himself. This book explains with authority and insight God's glorious acts and wonders and all that he does. It helps us to interpret whether these acts are those of severity and judgment or those of kindness and blessing. With God's help, this helps us, this enables us to persevere in faith in the times in which we live. He equips us to live in 2021, just like he equips us to live in 2020. For all reasons like these and many more, your best life is lived when God's powerful truth is alive within you. So Gateway, it's a great day to commit with me to read the Bible in 2021. Will you commit to read the Bible with me in 2021? Some people just start reading in Genesis, while others use various plans that are available. And I sent out a, a list of them by email earlier. But having the plan isn't necessarily the most important thing. What's most important is that you have a desire to pursue God and know him better by hearing and responding to his word. And now I want to take a moment to thank Carla for posting a Bible verse for our meditation each week in 2020. Uh, she asked, you offer some comments and feedback. Was it helpful? Was it uh, something that she needed to continue? And Carla, I'd ask you to continue because it, at least one thing we all saw very clearly in 2020 is this. We have a great need for a savior. And if you have his word living in you, then you know the great savior. So thank you, Carla. And I'll add something else. If, if you tried to read the Bible last year, but didn't finish, don't give up. Just reprioritize your time, find a place and realize that your best life hangs on this. If you already read the Bible last year, then read it again this year. As an example, Consider George Mueller, whose life and whole ministry to care for thousands of orphans several hundred years ago was a witness to the power and of reading and meditating on the Bible. He wrote, for the first four years after my conversion at age 20, I made no progress because I neglected the Bible. But then I regularly read on through the whole Bible not skipping the severe parts with reference to my own heart and soul i directly made progress then my peace and joy continued more and more now i've been doing this for 47 years i've read through the whole bible about 100 times and i always find it fresh when i begin again 
Thus my peace and joy have increased more and more. This is George Mueller. So Mueller read the Bible about a hundred times in 47 years. This is from its, uh, age 24 to what would that be? 71, averaging twice a year. Then he lived another 21 years to about uh, 92. And his biographer said at the time that at, by the end, he had read the Bible 200 times. This means he read the Bible cover to cover every three months for the last 21 years of his life. Now, was this hard discipline or strong desire? He wanted, he wanted peace and joy, and he got that plus a persevering and powerful faith. George Mueller pressed on day after day to look at the kindness and severity of God in the Bible because he didn't leave out any parts. He didn't read the, Insta the Bible according to Instagram. He didn't read the Bible according to text. He read the entire word of God. As then for Mueller, so today for you, your faith can be shaped in the same way. If you look at the whole Bible, if you look at the kindness and severity of God in the ways they are woven together in the Bible, your faith in God will grow stronger and stronger. If you neglect looking at all of the Bible or you filter it and you take away the parts that are difficult or the parts that don't seem right, you will not see God's severity and kindness in the holy way God means for them to be seen. You will interpret them, misinterpret them. You will misunderstand them. You may even fault and criticize God for his severity, judging it as unreasonable while simultaneously taking his kindness for granted with the false notion that you have completely earned and are completely deserving of his kindness. However, if your faith is to be strong enough to last, then you must look at the kindness and severity of God in the Bible. Now, this is not, some may think, God's way of using the carrot and the stick, a carrot to offer blessing for hard work and the stick to punish laziness. No, this is not the way we should think of the kindness and severity of God. It goes much, much deeper than that. Why do I say this? My last two messages have focused on the self-disclosure Jesus offered when he said that he was gentle and lowly in heart, meek, humble easily accessible he called people who are weary to come to him to take his yoke upon themselves and to find rest for their weary souls these messages were centered on the kindness of god toward those who repent those who come and yield to his authority who who love him who obey his commandments this is all good and true and we must know this but if this is all you ever heard from God's word, then you may think that this is all there is to God. But the scriptures also reveal the fierce, holy aspect of God's character. I gave those messages to remind us that God is kind and compassionate because most of the time we tend to think of, most of the time many people tend to think of God as vengeful and mean. But you will get to the whole truth by reading the whole Bible as all of God's inspired revelation to man. There you will see again and again his severity and kindness, 
put beside each other, alongside each other, so you don't miss them. You cannot read far in the Bible without seeing both of these things. Here's a few examples. Can everyone mute, please? Here's a few examples. In Exodus 34, 5 through 7, the Lord calls Moses to the mountain and reveals his name. Now, here's the kindness portion of the verse. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, the kindness of God. But then he adds the severity, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Here God discloses himself as merciful, graceful, gracious, patient, loving, faithful, forgiving. But then he follows with a self-disclosure of justice and retributions to the sinner and to generations. What a contrast. Do you filter one out and keep the other one? No, you have to take both things and see how God has woven them together. And then in the New Testament, Matthew 10, verse 28 through 31, Jesus warns, then comforts his disciples. Here's the severity part first. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him, God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Then the kindness part, are, and this is the next line. Are not two sparrows sold for, sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, for you are more value than many sparrows. So God, he says, fear him who can destroy you, but fear not because you are more value than sparrows. How do you you have to take these things, they're woven together tightly in scripture, and we need to understand and, and, and find out what this means. God discloses his ability to destroy and to judge, and then he balances that with a knowledge and a protection for every minor detail and significant, insignificant aspect, at least to us, it's insignificant, of our lives. The fact that God knows the numbers of, of the hair on my head and I don't have any clue what that is, God cares about the details more than I do. So what is the distinguishing difference between getting the severe God or getting the kind God? As if they're two separate persons. It's not as if God acts and speaks in the Old Testament in ways different than the New Testament. We just read the New Testament from uh, from Matthew 10. So let's look at Romans 2, 4 through 5. Here Paul points to the kindness of God, which will become severity, 
if it does not produce the faith it's given to produce. The kindness part first. Do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? And then the severity. But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Did you get that? Remember that every human is already under judgment. That's, that's our starting point. We're judged as sinners, and sinners are judged to receive the wrath of God. So we, that's where we begin life. So God chose kindness and forbearance and patience to lead people to repentance. Which means in the very midst of your sin for which you need to repent, God is wooing you with his kindness. For every person, they're born sinners, and immediately God's begin wooing, wooing them with his kindness. That's when his kindness is shown to us. That's when we first realize his kindness is that when we're desperate sinners. Think of it. If you come to repentance out of guilt, pain, and shame of your sin, it was God's kindness to rescue and restore you. And if his kindness doesn't accomplish repentance, and only if it doesn't, then God goes back to his original judgment pronounced in the Garden of Eden, where he judged that all sin would lead to death. So we see in Romans 11:22, note then the kindness and severity of God, severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. There's a principle here. To receive more of God's kindness, continue in his kindness. Don't cut yourself off from his kindness by rejecting him. This is the proper use of faith. In other words, Paul is saying that since possessing an ongoing faith is utterly indispensable in being saved at the end, and since fear has a key role in helping us maintain faith, then note something. He says, note something, literally look at something, but look at what? He says, look at the kindness and severity of God. Consider these things. Don't just consider the kindness of God. Don't just consider the severity of God. Consider them and hold them together. We could say, look at the mercy of God and the wrath of God. We could say, look at the tenderness of God and the toughness of God. We could say, look at the salvation of God and the judgment of God. We could say, look at the assistance of God and the opposition of God. We could, we could look at the friendship of God and the fierceness of God. But don't just look at only one side. It will be bad for your faith. So I pray as you read the Bible this year, the whole Bible, that you will look for the ways God's kindness and severity are described and shown in action. I pray that we'll find the examples of this one after the other. And this last passage for my message today, I want to again look at Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Now it's a focusing on the kind, the heart of Jesus. But I want to begin with verse 20. There, there's five verses at the beginning of this passage that show Jesus warning a crowd, which included his disciples and quite possibly 
according to a similar passage in Luke 10, the 70 followers he had appointed to send to go by the nearby cities, and, and who knows how many other people were there. And then upon their return, according to the passage in Luke 10, we find six more verses. As Jesus rejoices and prays with thanksgiving for the wisdom shown by the Father in his both hiding revelation from some and revealing it to others. And then finally, Jesus again turns to the crowd and calls them to come to him for rest based on the truth that he is gentle and lowly in heart. So we begin in Matthew 11, verse 20. Then he, Jesus, began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Now, why did Jesus do mighty works? His miracles gave ev sufficient evidence that he was the Messiah. And this word denounce, some would think, well, this is not very nice of Jesus. It's not very kind of him to say this about an entire city. But Jesus calls everyone to repent because everyone has the need to repent. It is the first step everyone must take towards gaining a fruitful relationship with God. There's no other first step to take to have a relationship with Jesus. The first step is always repent. Verse 21, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Now, just a little note here. These two cities, Tyre and Sidon, we're about 30 to 35 miles away from Chorazin and Bethsaida. So let's say Raleigh to wherever 35 miles away is, um, Smithfield. Um, so it's, it's a local place. They would have known exactly what Jesus was talking about. They probably would have been familiar with the uh, what happened to Tyre and Sidon because of the sin in the countries and those lands. And now Jesus is pronouncing uh, even worse judgment on these two local towns. Now, the word woe, woe to you, Chorazin, not only expresses doom, but it also expresses a measure of pity. Don't know a whole lot about Chorazin, but Bethsaida was the home of James and John, Peter and Andrew. Four of his disciples were from this city that Jesus just condemned. It was on the west side of Galilee. And it was where Jesus healed Peter's mother and performed several miraculous signs with fish. You can be sure that both towns had seen or heard of these events. Can you imagine the, the docks when Peter came in with those fish? Everybody knew. Everybody knew. Their sin of rejecting Jesus goes beyond individual repentance to that of two whole towns. And we see that if there is no repentance, even after witnessing mighty works, then we should expect God's severity. Then verse 22, but I tell you, it'll be more bearable in the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. So God has all knowledge and even what cities would have done had they been offered more truth. We think about this when, when we consider people who have never heard of the Lord and we think about judgment and 
God knows that they never heard of Jesus and all they had to live on or decide in this was the book of nature. They, they, they had this impression in their heart that some God created this and they needed to serve him. But, but when people have more knowledge, then there's greater degree of uh, culpability. As such, there's various degrees of severity in God's judgment. Not believing Jesus because you never heard of him is one thing, but when you have seen him work miracles and still do not repent, where you've heard his teaching and still do not repent, this is probably the greatest sin. So repenting and loving him through faith is always the best. But then Jesus goes on in verse 23, and you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained till this day. Now, we, if we read the Bible, we all know what Sodom was like. It Fire and brimstone destroyed it. And here he's saying that Capernaum will be brought down to Hades. And he said, if the mighty works had been done in Capernaum had been done in Sodom, it would have still existed to that day. Capernaum was his home base. Capernaum was where he frequently taught. Capernaum was where he possessed, he healed a man possessed by an unclean spirit. He healed the servant of a Roman centurion. He healed the paralytic lowered by friends through his roof. And if you saw the chosen uh, TV show about that particular episode, you saw crowds of people. There was no room in the house. The house was packed and there were people outside. They saw what happened. And yet, they didn't repent. They knew him. They had seen his works. They had heard his teaching. Jesus says that Sodom, a city that was destroyed thousands of years earlier in Abraham's day, would still be thriving had they seen what Capernaum actually saw. And now he condemns Capernaum. And today, in 2021, it no longer exists. It was swallowed by an earthquake in 749 down into Hades. And yet this is not its final judgment. He goes on in verse 24, he says, but I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. Judgment for Capernaum will be more severe because they are more culpable than Sodom. They saw and rejected the direct kindnesses and display of power by Jesus himself. You know, the depth and quantity of your sin isn't necessarily a barrier to your salvation. What is key is that God-inspired reality of your repentance. Repentance is key. Then verse 25 says, at that time, and remember that phrase, at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Now, Luke, the passage in Luke 10 gives a bit more information about this by including the sending out of the 72 to the local towns 
and their return. And and Luke seems to think that he says this prayer at the return of the 72, after they finish their ministry and they come back. So when Matthew says at that time, he's joining together what Jesus said before they're going out to what he says upon their return. So the pronouncing of woe has ended and the pronouncing of praise has begun. Jesus gives thanks to the Father and proclaims for him a title, Lord of heaven and earth. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. As you read the Bible this year, I ask you to look for the ways in which the persons of the Trinity interact and communicate. And hear how Jesus' tone changes from denouncing the non-repentant, those who saw themselves as wise and self-sufficient, to calling the repentant, those who see themselves as dependent and hungry for instruction. He gives God thanks for this. And what is the key difference between the severity and kindness? Whether things are hidden or revealed, meaning whether the convincing truth of Jesus' teaching remains hidden or revealed to their understanding and belief. They all heard the teaching nothing was hidden from them in that regard they all heard it but there must have been a veil over their heart that it remained hidden or that veil was lifted and it was revealed to them because they all heard the same message but they all weren't persuaded do you remember why jesus taught in parables so those with ears to hear would hear and in first corinthians 1 21 paul says it this way for since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. It's the preaching of the gospel, and Grace has already mentioned this this morning, it's the preaching of the gospel that will bring people to salvation. And in James 4, 6, James says it like this, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, this next verse is a good word, verse 26. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Okay, this is why we don't skip over verses like this. This is the choice of the Father, and Jesus confirms it as the selective nature of his grace. Since this pleased the Father, it pleases Jesus also. Since it pleases Jesus, it needs to please us as well. Here we see the fundamental truth of God's sovereignty taking center stage, and Jesus rejoices. Else, how can you explain why Jesus chose Peter to be an apostle and not Nicodemus, that Pharisee, the teacher of Israel, who believed in him as did Peter? Nicodemus was already had training and religious authority and, and well standing as well. Peter had none of those. The answer, for such was your gracious will. And, and why are you still here after 40 weeks of COVID in worship on Zoom during a worldwide plague that has disrupted the economy and government and education and business and religious affairs of every nation on the earth. Why are you still here? For such is your gracious will. 
things now get really serious about our salvation in this passage. Verse 27. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. This is strong, so let me read it again. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus claims to be the only one who knows the Father, and as the Father's exclusive agent, possesses all authority to choose to whom he will reveal the Father. No mere man could ever say this. This idea goes beyond simply accomplishing salvation by coming and dying on a cross to the applying that powerful salvation according to his will to the specific people of his choosing. We need to get a grip on this truth. Remember, Jesus had just unleashed blistering charges against these towns and their religious leaders for refusing to believe in him in spite of his many mighty works. Although they saw themselves as wise, learned, and respected, since they denied the truth and rejected him, Jesus considers them as utterly foolish and pronounces woe on them. On the other hand, the locals who follow Jesus who would likely be labeled as misfits by the cultural elites, humbly receive children, Jesus, like children. Now, this does not mean that it's impossible for intelligent people to be saved. Throughout church history, God has chosen to showcase his grace in saving all kinds of people from every tribe and nation. However, when God saves someone, it is never their wisdom or accomplishments or offerings that save them, but rather their simple childlike faith in Jesus and his gospel. And now we get back to my messages before. Verse 28, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. The man who just said, I am the only one who God gave authority to choose to whom to reveal him, now openly offers to everyone saying, come to me. Let's get a grip on this. We don't know who's going to accept or reject the gospel. So we proclaim the gospel to everyone, liberally, like the sower who sowed seed, even on the bad ground. Are you sharing the gospel with people that you would consider to be bad ground? That's where the fruit might come. We don't know. The only thing we know is John 10, 10, when he says, no one comes to the Father but by me. Here Jesus offers the promise willingly to all who identify as being burdened by their life and sin. With all their labor. And they're seeing the, their, their peace and their work for freedom and as being worthless. To these he offers rest if they come to him on his terms. So is he excluding those who see themselves as wise and learned? only if they refuse to see that they too are heavy laden with their sin. They must feel the need for a savior and want Jesus. 
for he will give them rest. If you don't think you need a savior, Jesus is not for you. And this rest that Jesus gives, it extends from this present day throughout eternity. Hallelujah. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We have returned to these previous messages. This aspect of the revelation of God looks back to Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus says the Lord, Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. The Lord promised to rest by walking in the ancient paths. Jesus promises rest by taking his yoke. Although his yoke is not the law, it is his yoke attached to him and all of his commands. But Jesus calls the yoke easy. Maybe, maybe it's uplifting, for he is in it with you, and his strength is now your strength. And it's comforting because this yoke is lined with love, his love. Now the burden does carry some light affliction, but he is always with you, so there's no reason to be afraid, no reason to worry, no reason to doubt that you cannot endure it. Do you see the connection between the ancient past, the good way, to taking his yoke? Jesus walks with you, shares the spirit with you, and asks you to walk in step with him. It's very uncomfortable to walk out of step in a yoke. We need to walk in step with Jesus. Do you want rest for your soul? Do you know people who want rest for their souls? Jesus is the only one who can provide true rest. Then accept his invitation. Come to Jesus on his terms and yield to his yoke and learn his ways. For he is humble and accessible. Maybe you wonder. You know someone who wonders, if I embrace to a greater degree the yoke of Jesus in my life, will my soul find a more perfect rest? Well, put away your doubt by looking to his promise and giving your 2021 to him. Ask him to help you come to, to him, to take his yoke, to learn his ways, to change your habits, to inspire your worship to fortify your giving, to motivate your faith, to stir up your soul to fight sin, and to arouse your affections of your heart to love and abide in him. I hope you feel the power of God's word from God's exclusive agent, this God-man Jesus. He denounced whole cities, even his home base city, for not responding to the witness of his mighty works. Jesus claimed to be the one with authority who chooses to whom the Father will be revealed. And the same Jesus invited all to come to him and find rest. He calls every one of us to repent and to learn and to know and to, to believe and to respond in obedience to him. Why? Because he is strong. 
and kind to those he loves. He is gentle and lowly in heart. The Lord of heaven is pleased to pour out his grace and mercy with the gentleness of a true servant to save and redeem and to grant true eternal rest. Lord God, we give you praise. We want to know you, Lord. We want to know the fullness of your revelation. Lord, we want to, to find rest in you. Lord, we want to take on your yoke. You, you say it's easy and light. And yet, Lord, still, we resist it. We cling to sin instead of your yoke. We cling to our old ways and our old patterns and our old habits instead of what you offer us. Lord, we ask you to do a mighty work in us. As we read the scriptures this year, and Lord, I pray that every one of us, each, I pray that 100% of us will choose to read the entire Bible this year and not skip over any lines that are difficult. Lord, you, you grant us counselors and, and wise teachers to explain these things to us. People that, that we can use, Lord, to, to help us understand your word. Lord, we want to grow with authentic faith this year. Lord, we want to find more peace and more joy in you. Lord, we want our love for you and our neighbors to grow. And Lord, we want to find rest for our souls, especially now, Lord. And Lord, we, let us be known by the love we have. Lord Jesus, you are everything we've ever wanted. You are everything we've ever needed. And we look to you, Lord God. Hallelujah. For such is your gracious will, Lord, that we will belong to you forever. For such is your gracious will, Lord, that you gave us your word, that it might dwell richly within us, that it might cause us to worship and praise you, that it cause us, Lord, to might to have strength to stand for today and hope for tomorrow. Lord, for such is your will that you knit our hearts together as a fellowship for this time and season in the life of your church. Lord, we bless you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that you take from the message today um, everything that God would want to share with you. Every way that the Lord might want to encourage you to trust him and to live for him. Um, if there's any questions or comments or prayers that you'd like to offer, now is a good time. I have a song I'll play later, but uh, what, what, is, what is your thought? Can you can you receive this word here this morning? I love what you said um, when you talked about um, the depth and severity of sin isn't what matters most, um, but um, but the God inspired reality of repentance. I love that. That's so true. 
Yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter how deep our sin is, but if we're willing to. I know at one point in time in my life, I thought, well, why, why, why is he always calling for me to repent? You know, what, what's he looking at? What, why is he always calling me to repent? Of course, that was about the same time I wouldn't sing the word wretch in Amazing Grace because saved a wretch like me just didn't make much sense to me at the time. I could have helped you. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know Greg back then. But I still remember those days. Um, yeah, re repentance. Um, it's a beautiful word. There was a um, a question in the BFF BSF lesson that that um, we get these every once in a while, and they sort of irritate me initially because they're asking the same thing in different ways over and over again. But the question said, "What can you do this week to honor God?" seek peace and show others you can be trusted but the more i thought about it the the, the more the the famous verses came to mind the one in micah 6 6 said he's told you old man what is good and what does the lord require of you but to do justice to to, to love peace and to walk humbly with your god and then the other verse was in matthew 6 and that's where Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And so I was thinking that I need to do the same things this week that I was supposed to do every week. And when I do those things, which these verses tell me what to do, then I, I'll honor God and I'll seek peace and I can be trusted. If I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and if uh, I do, you know, if I uh, do justice and I, I walk humbly with God and all these things, you know, these are what God tells us to do, all of us, every week. And if we do these things, then we'll do what God requires of us. And we don't have to say, what does God want me to do with my life? That's what he wants you to do with your life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. Well, let me, let me share this song with you. Um,
Jesus that we know if we come to him and respond to his kindness and repentance then we know him as strong and kind I pray that each one of us would know him that way and the people that you're reaching out to wherever they be in Russia Galena or your brother Penny or wherever the people that you're trying to reach Jonathan there in Peru Rebecca uh, people in Texas Eva or in Poland, or in China, and in Russia. I, yeah, I mentioned Russia. Um, Lord Jesus, we we ask you for your mercy to reveal the 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 reality of your truth to these people that come to our mind. And Lord, use us as you will as your ambassadors to proclaim to them, Lord, not convincing arguments and persuasive speech, but Lord, to use your words. Lord, it's your words that has the life and has the power. We want them to know you, God. We want them to know you, Jesus. For you are the Lord of heaven and earth. You hold all things together. And Lord, if, if we belong to you, even if we cannot come to you, you will come to us. You said, Lord, that you will go out and search out the one. When the 99 are safe in the fold, you will go find and search out that one. So Lord, we, we're here this morning rejoicing, thanking you for your word, Lord, deciding whether we can 
read your entire revelation this one year. Lord, I'm not even asking us to read it every three months like George Mueller did for 20 years in a row. Maybe some will want to do that. But Lord, we ask you to give us a hunger for you and a love for you and for what you have revealed to us. Lord, we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mary, I guess I will look to you. You got anything you want to share with us? I do. Um, thank you for that message, Bill. I think the, you know, when we understand the fullness of who God is and we see the, the wrath that is justified, it makes the gift of his great love and salvation so much more sweet because we could never pay the price that would satisfy that. Um, I know we used to sing a, a song a long time ago that he paid a debt I could not pay or he paid a debt he did not owe. Um, I owe a debt I could not pay. <laughs> and um, it's so true and we just see the sweetness of Jesus. And there are a um, number of people this week in our fellowship that I am so grateful are part of our fellowship. Sometimes we don't, we don't see them on camera as much as we would like or when we were in person, but um, I would like for us not to forget them. Christina had a birthday yesterday and today is the anniversary of Jean Wei and June Ping. And uh, Tuesday is Coco, um, Coco's birthday. Wednesday is Phoebe's son Eric's birthday. And Thursday is Eugenia's birthday. So a lot of our internationals have anniversaries and birthdays this week. Wednesday night, we have prayer meeting again on Zoom. And we really would um, love it if you could join us. We've had some special times in prayer. Then on Saturday, Crosswave is meeting, but because of the situation with COVID, we felt it was wise that we meet on Zoom in January. We met in person for the past number of months, but after Christmas and New Year's, we, um, we felt in the Lord that we were to meet on Zoom. So that will be on Saturday. And I just would add that a lot of young people are really struggling. I mean, the Zoom life, the, um, the things with the computer, uh, school on Zoom, that kind of thing. It's very, it's difficult for everybody, but it's very, very difficult for them. And um, if, if you would just keep our kids in mind in that, the Crossway kids, King's Jewels kids, it's just, it's very difficult for them not to have contact with people, with their peers. It's difficult for us not to have face-to-face -face contact with them as well. And um, that, that's a, a hard place. So on Saturday, that Zoom. And then this week is a very important week in the life of our country. On Tuesday, there um, are, is the election in Georgia. 
and on Wednesday is the convening of Congress in regard to the Electoral College. So very, very important week in our country if, if we would be in prayer for our nation. And then I got a message while we were, um, while we were meeting from my sister that my sister Sarah's neighbor across the street has just died. I think he had a heart attack and he had provided support for Sarah. He was actually in her class in high school um, and was a, a good friend and his wife is disabled. So it's just a very difficult situation. And, and um, Martha said, Sarah will be very, very um, upset over, over this, man's, um, this man's death. So a lot of things, and I'm sure many of you, I, every day I get numbers of prayer requests of people asking, please pray for my family. Um, we, we have amongst us people who have family members with COVID. Camille's family has COVID. Um, I look at different faces. A number of your family members have had COVID as well as other kinds of things. So it sure is a time to press into Jesus and we need him, Jesus, we need you. So those are the celebrations and um, a couple of the needs. Okay. Thank you, Mary. Yeah, I wanted to share something. Um, I just text Pressman T. I asked him how could we as their church family pray for them today. And Preston says, I just left T and her sister. I'm driving to Myrtle Beach to work this week. He said, please pray, I think, for emotional strength and sustained rest for Tia. For three days that I was there, every time she got a break, she laid down and slept. She is so thankful reading the scriptures to her mom every day and encouraging her even though there is no response. Blessings to you and the church family for caring so much for us. Um. The dental drill update, I don't think I've given the church an update, but um, it looks like that um, the dental drill is still in customs and um, Jonathan had a relative that, well, his dad has a friend who worked in customs who recommended that we not try to um, go the route that they were saying because it would most likely be confiscated. So the current plan is that he is going to try to bring the, the dental unit back to Raleigh and we have to figure out a different way. So, uh, you know, unless the Lord shows us a different way, um, just please be in prayer for that. Thank you, Carla. I don't, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> yeah. We need, we need the Lord to guide us. Yeah. Yeah. And when is he coming back, Jonathan? I think either like the 8th or the 9th. So next weekend. I think he, leave, he leaves there on the 8th and gets back here on the 9th. Okay. That's why I understand, yeah. yeah. And if, if anybody uh, on a different subject, if anybody has an address for um, the Cecil family, I would like to have it. I do. I'll email it. Thank you. I put it on the Crossway Facebook page, but I can email. Oh, really? Okay. 
Well, y'all, it's 2021. This is the Read the Bible, Read the Bible year. So um, go back and look. I sent out an email on the 31st of December that takes you to a link at Ligonier that lists about 12 different Bible reading plans. And there's even one in the link that says, define your own plan, which is what I did. I went in there and you can tell it what days you want to read and do you want the chronological reading of the, of the scriptures or you want some Old Testament, New Testament, do you want a daily Psalm, do you want a proverb every day? You can just specify it to your heart's content of how you want to read the Bible. But there's some old uh, standard ways that are well proven and well uh, enjoyed by many, many thousands of people. But the key thing is that you want to know God better. The, 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 you can just start at the beginning and read through it, but you got to have a desire to want to know God and, and to realize how vital it is to your life that we cling to every word he's given us. Um, it's out of his kindness that he's given us his word. And uh, I want to this year to, to accept that kindness for its full value and its full content. So I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but maybe I'll a show of smiles. If <laughs> you want to read the whole Bible this year, that would be fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wayne, good going. Ten, that one a month. Raising, raising his hand. Now, Wayne was raising 10 fingers. That means you read it 10 times this year. <laughs> I'm just being obedient, said Bill wanted to see a show of hands. <laughs> hey, Wayne, there was um, Julie, many, many years ago, Julie and I kept uh, uh, this, this worship team that had come this band actually that come to Raleigh with Greg Gully and New Life Ministries for a concert. And we wound up keeping um, this young man and his wife in our house. And he had just, he had, he had read the Bible 12 times in the pre previous year. So he was reading the Bible through once a month. And uh, yeah, if you, if you poked him, you got scripture back. Mm -hmm. he, he did, that, that was he didn't know he, he he wasn't aware of the news he wasn't aware of the latest gossip he wasn't involved in political debates or any of that kind of stuff but he was filled with scripture because mm -hmm. he read the bible through every month um of course his job his job was as a musician so he was on the road a lot and he would let somebody else drive he was reading in the car he just had a lot of time to devote to it um I'm not asking you to do that. <laughs> so, so I relate. Don't have to read the Bible every month, but one time through in a year would be would be good exercise. Well, I just want to share a testimony of that. I was I read um, not the whole Bible of this year, but my goal was to read the Old Testament this year, and I have yep. a chronological Bible, and it kind of intersperses the the. Um, Kings and Chronicles and the prophets and all of those happening at the same time. It was really very good. And yeah. um, um, I, I picked up the same type of thing that um, he is, 
he is a God of wrath, but it's, it's justice and it's right and, and it's mercy all interspersed in the same scriptures. Yeah. So I, I say yes and amen to everything you said. Yeah. yeah. We are, we're typically such linear thinking thinkers in the Western world that we chronological makes a lot of sense to us. Although the original writers didn't necessarily think that was all that important. You know, they kind of wrote on themes and, and link, link things together in other ways. But, um... Bill, I wanted to mention uh, one that I found out about in December, and it's reading through the Bible in the whole year. It's called the Bible Recap Project, and um, it gives you scriptures to read, but then there's a podcast. The podcast usually is about seven to ten minutes. That kind of recaps the scriptures you just read. Hmm. and gives background or links to other videos or scriptures to give background. And um, I started this in December just to see if I liked it, but it starts January 1st with Genesis, but it kind of jumps around some too. But um, I really enjoyed that because sometimes I'll find myself reading you know four or five chapters and then after i've read it i'm thinking what did i just read <laughs> you know and so the recap is it's just very quick but they kind of recap what you've read and give some you know interesting background sometimes so yeah. if anybody's interested in that i can send a link or put it on the website <laughs> or you can look in your chat box to <laughs> Wendy just posted it. Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, yeah, the, the Bible Project group out in Portland, you make these videos on the Bible and different themes. They also, I mean, they make, they make videos for every single book, uh, five to 10 minutes, something like that. And it does something similar. It kind of tells you the main theme through that book and the, what, how the chapters weave together. Um, something like that is very, very helpful. Um, yeah. Um, let that be added to your reading and not in place of your reading. Well, that's what I like about this because yeah. you have to read first, yeah, and yeah. then you listen to the recap, and it makes a lot of sense yeah. having read through it. So, right. um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I was always um, impressed and by Billy Graham's reading plan that he read, he had a, a reading plan that he read through the Bible, but in addition to that. He would read five <laughs> psalms a day and one proverb a day, and that way he covered the psalms and proverbs every month. And he also read, read one gospel each week, so he covered all four gospels every month. And I just, I was challenged by that. I, I tried. I, I love to do that with psalms because they're so rich, and those are my prayers. But um, that's a good plan too. And I like Machaney. I'm not sure how to say that right, but I really like his plan, and that, that's helped me stay on track. You know, the most common used phrase for Billy Graham when he's given us a sermon was the Bible says, <laughs> and now we know why. Um, he would always say the Bible says. Uh, and those of you watching by television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lean into the, the, the camera there when you say that. <laughs> yeah. Well. God bless you all. Happy 2021. Um, why don't we have a fun? Yeah, Grace. Um, I just want to thank everyone for praying for my daughters. Um, Lindsay had been pretty sick with COVID.
and she's gone two. Actually, this is a third day without a fever. It had gotten up to 102, and um, she's doing a lot better. And she's still in quarantine for another three days. Wow. But um, it's really hard not being around her kids. Yeah. So. Wow. And she's also pregnant. No, she's not pregnant. Oh, the other one, <laughs> Courtney's pregnant. No, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> she oh, has COVID. She has COVID too, but um, she's not as bad as Lindsay was. And um, yeah, okay. Actually, Camille's niece is pregnant. That's right. Uh, yeah. She has COVID. Yeah. Any news on her? Camille's niece. I don't know. Camille, any update on there that you want to share? Cecil's um, uh, also uh, pregnant. Yeah, my I haven't. Oh yeah, I haven't had a um, uh, a most recent update in the last couple of days. Uh, she the last time I heard from her, she said she was short, weak, and short of breath, but her oxygen levels had stayed high enough that she didn't have to go uh, to the hospital. So. Um, Praise the Lord for that. But she can't take the medications because of the pregnancy. So um, I just, just be great to keep praying for. Her. Okay. Okay. Well, who would like to offer final prayer? Well, and I think Jill had a comment. Yeah, Jill. Yeah. I was wondering if Cecil Madden had any updates on Jessica, his daughter-in-law. She's pregnant and has COVID as well. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard from Cecil uh, anything regarding that. No. We'll try to find out something, Jill. Who will offer a final prayer and remember as many of these things you can? Pray especially for Tia and Preston. Mary? Right. Would you share what you said that Tia told you that her mother keeps saying? Yes. Um, Tia's mom was with them and her mom kept saying, home, go home. She wanted to go home. So they were thinking she meant to her home in Elizabeth City. So they took her to her home in Elizabeth City. And when she got home to that home, she kept saying, home, want to go home, want to go home. Mm -hmm. And they realized that it was not the Elizabeth City home that she had in mind. And she has, um, she doesn't respond and hasn't spoken a lot, but when she has, uh, she's talked about her her mommy and her daddy. And so um, Tia really does believe, when I talked to Tia, her mom had not eaten in like three days and that was several days ago. So I think they really are preparing and thinking that her going home and being totally fulfilled when she goes home is not far off. But it's, it's been very difficult physically and emotionally for Tia. I think she did recognize Tia's sister, but she, she's called Tia uh, mommy some. Um, 
I don't know again in the past several days if she's responded at all. Thank you, Mary. Yeah. So Jill, are you gonna lead us in prayer? Or Wayne, both of you, tag team? Yeah. Sure. All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful and that your word is true and you are trustworthy. And even amidst um, difficult times for in Preston's family, Lord, and with Penny's family and with um, so many of our families, Lord, there's just um, many things that burden our hearts, but we just want to lay those burdens at your feet and trust you in these situations hmm. and trust that you have, um, you have things under control, Lord, because um, you are faithful. We've seen that in the past, Lord, and we continue to, to praise your name and to praise your faithfulness and your hand that, that works in and through our lives. And so we lay these requests before you, and we want to just thank you and not forget to praise you and to worship you and to read your word this year and to just marvel with the truth that you, that you share with us as we read your word. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, I pray that you would be with us and walk with us this year as you always do, Lord, that your faithful hand would lead us and guide us and that you would spur us on to spend more time with you, Lord, and to, to just exude you in our character and in in the things that we think about and the things that we do, Lord. We just lift your name on high this year in 2021, Lord, that our, our main goal would be to just lift your name on high and to trust you and not to worry, but to trust you and lay our burdens at your feet and keep our eyes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good to see you, Grace. Yeah, Grace. Miss your hugs. I miss you too. Good to see you. Glad your surgery went well. Yeah, thank you. You, you playing either. tennis yet, Richard? No, not yet. It's uh, I'd be out there, but it's a little bit chilly still for me. <laughs> he wanted to ride his motorcycle yesterday. Yeah, I didn't get around to that. I thought, well, might be warm enough, but. Well, this is not a new knee. This is just repair. Yeah, just orthoscopic. Got got three little holes, three stitches in. So, okay. So nothing, nothing too serious. But yeah, again, thanks for prayers. It's going well. I'm up Was and about. It the meniscus. Yeah, meniscus and something else um, to do with what the. Just the just filing the down and smoothing the cartilage and cleaning it out. Yeah. So. Did you have to go, Jangles? DNA. <laughs> I, I I did I have been eating Bojangles uh, quite a bit. <laughs> and, he stopped I, up before the surgery. I missed the comment about DNA, Greg. What was that? I just said that they inject some new DNA. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I might have some stem cells done at some point, maybe, but we'll see. no DNA. Uh, Eva, we're glad that you and Damien made it back safely to Texas. Yes. How was the drive back? Thank you very much for prayer. That helps a lot. 
uh, why wasn't so bad? We we just had here before 6 p.m. Okay. And we start before midnight. <laughs> oh wow, wow, crazy! It's a long, long drive. <laughs> thank you, Jason, for leading us to worship this morning. It was yeah. great. Jason and family, thank you. And family, kids cam and everything. Yes, thank you. Yeah. We all have a wonderful afternoon. Bye now. Happy New Year. Bye. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Invite us over whenever you everybody. like. Bye, everybody. Bye. I'm not sure my wife would come, but invite us over whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye, Grace. All right. Love you, Henry. Good to see Bye. you. Bye. Bye, Mr. Bill. Bye, Eva. Bye. Happy New Year. Bye. Happy New Year. Bye.